Going once, going twice, sold. You're listening to The Property Pod, an accessible and easy way to get into or help understand the goings-on of the property market. Join Aaron, John and Pat as they discuss all things real estate, most likely get sidetracked and then try and rein it all back in as they present The Property Pod. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to the Property Pod. You're easy to listen to, totally free and accessible way into the property market. My name's Aaron Horn. I am your host and I'm joined by the team again, Johnny Mack and oh. Patty Berry. All right, Woo-hoo. all right, all right. Wow, that's a whole lot of noise coming at me right there. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope our levels aren't too high. <laughs> yeah. What um, What's on for today? I've been very bad at organising and I haven't um, I've been a busy boy, so I, I haven't been um, on board for the property pod this week. What are we doing? Well, um, to pre-frame it and just so everyone's aware, this is going to be a bit of a dense um, episode. It was mm. one of um, one of the dense. Well, one of the local conveyances, um, Helen Kent, Helen Kent from Laurie Kent Conveyancing. So she, um, we were chatting, and she said one of the common ones that people don't understand is the concept of title insurance. Um, yeah, I have no idea what you're already talking yeah, about. Exactly, is and that like if you're going to start a write a book. And you want to take out insurance that no one steals your title. Really close. <laughs> really close. And, and the perfect topic for our podcast. <laughs> John's written a book, haven't you? Yeah, don't don't give it away. Amazon yeah, bestseller, John? Uh, not exactly. <laughs> but did you insure your title? Uh, no, I didn't. And from what I understand, someone bought the um, the web address after I I think I was chatting in a forum once. And then it was like, you bastard. <laughs> so oh, there you no, go. You should have taken out insurance. Taken I want to see that website. <laughs> Sweet. Well, that's the end of the episode. We've yeah, worked it out. We're, Thanks, we're guys. Anyway, so title insurance, you... Um, you can, from what I understand, you can purchase it at any time of the ownership of your um, property. Yep. But what it's gonna, what it'll do is insure you against any. Um, it's a raunchy website, John. <laughs> Don't give it away. <laughs> yeah, I'd be, you I'd be nervous on the computer at work. <laughs> I'd be nervous typing that in. <laughs> we won't be adding it to the show notes. Uh, yeah, I, I, I missed my opportunity on that one. <laughs> couldn't I couldn't use it to sell the book, so I just created a different website instead. <laughs> so in, in the elements that you imagine, um, I'm sure people have had circumstances where they've gone to build a new fence and then there was a boundary adjustment that was required or there's um, issues related to uh, unapproved works. Like there's this title insurance covers a huge gambit of problems um, yeah. and it's really, really unknown. So when Helen and I were talking about it, we thought that it'd actually be a really good subject because it, it relates to anyone who has their name written against the title so if you own a property this is something you need to hear something really really worth considering almost but if you're buying a property too you need to hear by the sound of it absolutely yeah absolutely and um well, guys and i brought a property and no one mentioned this to me okay well there you go you should listen to the podcast it's easy and accessible yep and free yeah, and that was that's the thing that helen and i had mentioned like say to her clients all the time and we actually you know i know in our office we've made it a policy to make people aware of it and speak to the lawyer about it because we can't give advice obviously but yeah helen introduced me to paul who, who we're getting on this morning yep um and he's going to talk all things about title insurance now that's the thing unfortunately like i said insurance is a dense subject but it's something that's worth listening to well aaron and i are pretty basic on this type of info so we're going to let you yeah, Leave I reckon you won't hear yep. my voice for the rest of the show. <laughs> I, I might just go get a coffee and you and Paul have a chat, all right? Yeah, got it. <laughs> we'll try and jump in when yeah, we yeah. can. Yeah, so anyway, with that pre-frame, yeah, topic, I think it's really important. Yeah, cool. Sounds good. Right, let's well, get him on. Yeah, let's get Paul on the line. Cool. 414 Real Estate has been operating within the northern suburbs of Hobart since 2006. 
with their innovative approach to marketing and managing your property, they have all your property needs covered. Find out more by visiting them today at 414.com.au. We actually have uh, Paul Watkins from Stuart Title. So thanks for joining us this morning, Paul. No, so thanks for the invite. It's great to be here. Yeah, don't spill. Well, like, as we always like to do with all our guests, Paul, could you just tell us um, who you are, where you're from, and um, how you got into your title insurance? Yeah, sure, John. Um, so my, my name is Paul Watkins. I'm the general counsel at Stuart Title. So in that role, I sort of look after the legal underwriting and, and policy and claims side of the business. So one aspect of my job really is to do exactly what we're doing this morning and explain exactly what title insurance is. Mm. So my background is I'm a property lawyer, so I was first admitted to practice nearly 20 years ago. But for the last sort of 14 years, I've been um, at Stewart because it's very much, title insurance is very much a property law-related product. And so that's... um, that's really where I've I, I found that the yeah, the legal skills that you get really come into play. Mm, mm. Well, because what um, so with that then, what fundamentally, what is title insurance? <laughs> I'm glad you asked that because I've got no idea, John. Start, start from the top, Paul. <laughs> Absolutely. Don't, don't worry. Don't feel bad. Um, I mean, I, I had the same question uh, 15 years ago when um, when I first heard about it as well. What is this thing? Yeah, yeah. So f- fundamentally. Title insurance is a form of insurance that people can buy when they purchase a property and it covers them for risks associated with purchasing the property, such as previous uh, illegal building works that a previous owner may have put on the property without getting approval. Okay. It covers them for boundary encroachments if the, if the physical fence boundaries don't match the legal boundaries. Mm-hmm. It means that someone can buy a property where you know a fence or even a structure which mm. uh, appears to be you know fenced within their land is in fact encroaching on the neighbor and, yep. and the neighbor finds out about it it covers things like non-compliance with a development consent or a subdivision consent so when property is uh, developed and subdivided you know, 20 years ago, the, the relevant authority might have imposed an obligation on the developer to register uh, a drainage easement or um, a right of way in favour of, you know, another uh, property owner. Yeah. And that developer may not have complied with that provision at the time. And th- that issue could lay just dormant for, for many, many years. And mm. no one realises it until... You know, something happens and all of a sudden, you know, the relevant people become aware of it. And all of a sudden, the new owner of the property is in the hot seat for, for complying with that provision that, that might be outstanding for, for many, many years. So it's really a, a policy of insurance that covers you for risks associated with non-compliance with all of the zoning, building regulations, you know, planning regulations, subdivision regulations, all of the laws and regulations that now are imposed on the ownership of property. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's, it's one of the areas of insurance that, like you said, people need to be made more aware of because when people think insurance and people think buying property, they're very much focused on, you know, um, home contents insurance. You know, what if the house burns down? What if there's a hailstorm? Something like that. But the sort of risks I'm talking about are, are probably um, uh, yeah, on par in terms of, you know, potential loss. So, Paul Patrick here. Just a quick question. With title insurance, 
how long does a policy last for? Like, you know, you get house contents, it's a 12-month period that you pay for. Is it just for the transfer period of time or does it go for a certain length of time after you take ownership or the life that you own yeah. the property or what is, how, what's the length of a policy? Yeah, so, so, so it's, the, it's the life of your ownership of the property. Okay, so, so, oh, that's cool. Yeah, so title insurance is different from, say, home contents insurance where it's home contents insurance is insuring you for kind of future events that might happen within a certain time period. That's why you insure, you know, 12 months at a time, you get to that 12 months, you know, whew, nothing happened, sure, the next 12 months, so on and so forth. Um, title insurance is different because what we're really insuring you for is, you know, for a, an issue that has already, is already there in your property. It's lurking beneath the surface. And so, you know, it might be discovered at some time during your ownership of the property. And so you basically buy the policy at the time that you purchase the property on settlement, you pay the premium once on settlement, and then you're insured for the life of your ownership of the property, whether that's five years, seven years, or 30 years, you you don't have to renew the premium every year. It's just a one-off payment. And that covers you for the, as long as your name's written against that title. That's absolutely right. And so um, when you look at that concept, Obviously, um, it represents good value because a lot of the issues actually come to light, and, and, and we can talk about this when we talk about some of the claim scenarios, but mm-hmm. a, a lot of issues actually come to light, n- not when you buy the property, but when you maybe sell it five or six years later. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then all of a sudden, things that you, you know, unbeknownst to you that you kind of inherited, but you, it wasn't discovered at the time might then get discovered five or six or seven years later when you decide to sell. So so even if you've signed a contract to, to sell the property, you're still the owner. And so if during that sale process, all of a sudden these issues come to light, then you're, you know, you're, you're covered during that sale process as well. Well, I know in, in, so in um, Tasmania, we've got that um, as part of the transfer, they've got the request for the search, the 337 certificate, which is, is, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, Paul, but that's there to help bring up a lot of these issues. But in what you're saying there is that sometimes there are ones, like you said, that lay dormant and you could have three changes of ownership, but but then event it's not until, um, yeah, like you said, 20 years later where a problem occurs and now it's just whoever's owning that property at the time has to deal with it. Is that correct? Absolutely, it's 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 like Russian roulette because the the three three seven certificate mm. is a great tool. It's it's you know it's an information certificate. But when you're dealing with things like unapproved building work, I mean unapproved building work by definition is work that's carried out to a property without council's knowledge. Mm. So no permits are applied for in circumstances where they should have been. Right. And so the three three seven certificate is not going to um, help you in that. What that might do is show that there might have been a a permit originally for the original dwelling, you know, back in 1984 or something. That's all the information that you really get. But between 1984 and when you apply for the 337 certificate, there might have been substantial changes, renovations, additions, extensions to that property where a building permit was required and, and, and not obtained. And so that won't be discoverable using a 337. Yeah. The other the other big problem, not only in Tassie, but all over Australia, is you've got this issue where 
for many, many years. You know, record keeping, you know, could be described as somewhat lax by some councils. I think their, their appetite. That's that's a kind of way of putting it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm trying to be diplomatic, yeah. but um, and so you sort of had this period, uh, you know, where for many, many years, you know, record keeping wasn't exactly on the top of the of the agenda. A lot of people did uh, a lot of works. We've also seen in Australia the rise of the do-it-yourself uh, renovating craze, you know, driven yeah. by shows like The Block, House like Rules. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's it's you know, it's really part of our sort of Australian culture now. Is this concept of you know, have a have a have a go and have a crack have a go yourself. Who needs license trades? That's right. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at, and that's where some of these sort of do-it-yourself shows are very can be misleading. People sitting at home watching them because what those shows don't make very clear is that whilst all these you know amateurs are off sort of gutting this house back to its bare shell and then rebuilding it into like the Taj Mahal. Mm. And it looks like they're doing it all themselves over a weekend, you know, when in fact there's probably an army of tradies, you know, outside of camera. You know, there's probably been six months of pre-planning approval, you know, for the, for the properties. Yeah. But, but yep. that doesn't make good television. So people just sit back and go, oh, wow, like, you know, these two people, you know, one of them's a hairdresser, <laughs> one, one of them, um, you know, owns a, a dairy farm or something. And look, they've bought this old house and they've absolutely gutted it and rebuilt it and extended it and changed it all themselves to these immaculate standards. So you've kind of got this perfect storm brewing where you've got this sort of inclination for people to sort of have a go at putting that deck on or that extension or enclosing that pergola into a into a family room. I can't believe the block hasn't done a spin-off show, the planning stage. <laughs> Just sitting around a room with paperwork. <laughs> Got to fill yeah. out the Form 35 and get it to council by 4 o'clock. Yeah. Steve's yeah, coming it, back it, for the it, door. Is he going to sign off yeah. on it? <laughs> it, it? It would make uh, like really gripping television, wouldn't it? You know? <laughs> um, so it, it's, it's, you know, it's the boring side of property development that no one wants you to see. And so yeah. you've got that going on. But then what we're seeing is that all of a sudden councils, I think, um, have suddenly gone, oh, wow, we've actually got a bit of a obligation to, you know, regulate, you know, the way that properties are being improved. You know, we've, we've, there's this thing in Tasmania called the Building Act. Now, local councils have got enforcement powers under that. And, and so it's kind of like what we're seeing is that more and more councils are now, uh, their appetite for enforcement is much higher. Mm. And But then it's in conjunction with a history or a, you know, decades of sort of, you know, not great record keeping and a lot of do-it-yourself renovation. So it is presenting itself as a as a significant risk for people, They're just in the unapproved building work aspect. The boundary issues as well, which are, which are another um, matter. Well, it might be a good thing to lead into a couple of things then, Paul. Like, uh, first off, who should get it? Because obviously, you know, there's different points of ownership, you could say. And then, you know, and secondly, could, if you could give us some good you know, even some real-world examples of how claims you've assisted people with. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, I mean, anybody looking to buy residential or commercial property would would want to consider title insurance. But not only that, but also people who are already the owner of their property. So, you know, because title insurance is not as widely known about as we would like, a lot of people buy property and they miss they miss the opportunity to be insured at that time. 
Yep. But that doesn't mean that that, that title insurance ship has sailed because we do have an existing owner policy that you can take out. It covers you for the same, for the same risks, mm. but you can take it out now as the owner. Uh, other people would be property investors. Um, in particular, people who are buying property not to live in as their home, but as part of an investment portfolio, particularly self-funded retirees, superannuation properties, properties where you don't want um, any sort of contingent liability hanging around over your head. I mean, you don't want to buy an investment property and then put it to work and then all of a sudden, you know, you get building notice issued by the council because they've just discovered um, after 15 years that, you know, part of the house was never approved and you're now looking at a demolition order. Oh, that, yeah, you'd just be sitting there going, oh, that's a shame. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, okay, no worries. You know? um, because you know, when you've got to deal with that, in terms of the financial imposition, it's really no different to you know damage claim. You know, yeah, yeah. like you, you're talking tens of thousands of dollars to, to, to try and bring uh, properties that, that have been improved or extended without permits into compliance with, with the building regulations as they exist today. Well, that's, so, um, well, I suppose like, you know, from, well, that's interesting, isn't it? So like when you go into the examples of claims, there'll be ones from just the mere fact of readjusting a fence line to, you know, in those development situations to, you know, tens upon thousands of dollars. Absolutely. So mm. we've, so in Tasmania, the, the, the claims portfolio, very similar to, to the rest of Australia. So really the, the highest source of claims that we see are unapproved building work claims. So we're dealing with council, uh, councils issuing building notices on a frequent basis. Mm-hmm. Um, in relation to properties that may have been um, that way or, or been a, in existence for, for decades. Yeah. Um, it's just that council are now just realising it and now enforcing it. The second highest source of claims in Tasmania are, uh, as you say, boundary discrepancies. And they can be across the whole spectrum of properties. I mean, we've seen boundary claims in um, you know, in suburban Hobart, where you've got fences that will simply never put on the legal boundary. They're, you know, they're, when the fences were first erected, they were either they had no regard to existing survey pegs, or the survey pegs were gone, and they just put the fence where they thought the boundary was, and um, and that ends up in a dispute, you know, between our insured and the neighbour. Oh, sorry, Paul. This sounds really similar to something I was dealing with with a friend recently. They have a block of land, and they were getting the surveyor to come and pop all the pegs in. And they contacted the neighbour to say, oh, you know, we want to put a fence on. Can we arrange to pay either side of it? And she's like, oh, yes, I was actually up there. I saw that the pegs were put in the wrong spot. So I got there and moved them. (laughs) (laughs) And they were like, oh, okay, we'll have to um, get back to you on that one. And then so then they got into this sticky situation of what do we do, who do we talk to, and back then I would never have thought of title insurance as being a thing, but now I would have been like, oh, I know just the people to to pass you on to. That's something that you're kind of describing here? Yeah, well, what the the consequence of that really is that the beginning process of putting boundary fences in is pegging out the boundaries of the property. Yep. Because they're, they're established you know, in accordance with a, with, a, with a title plan. But if that initial process goes wrong, I mean, yeah, and, the, and we've seen developments all across Australia where, you know, the surveyors come in, put their bright little shiny yellow pegs in, and then kids come home from school and, and nick them all. It's, <laughs> it's, it's like a game. <laughs> yeah. You know, or, or, or even in the development process, 
you've got excavators and graders and all these heavy machinery running around. Knock them out. Um, knock them out. And so the, the, the fences just go down. You know, it's a bit of a sort of a, you know, that'll, that'll do it. It's close enough. And it, and it doesn't really become an issue until it becomes an issue. And that, and that yeah. could be, you know, because, you know, suddenly somebody wants to build a granny flat or a shed or something. And then from a council point of view, they say, okay, well, it has to be a certain distance from the boundary and things like that. That requires someone to survey that boundary. And then that's when it gets uncovered. It becomes a problem. Well, the thing is too, is like, you know, 30 centimetres is a lot of room when it comes to getting approvals for the kind of, those kind of outbuildings as well. Yeah, absolutely. The incorrect location of that fence can not only stop you from doing what you want to do, but it, it also then puts you on notice or puts your neighbour on notice, more importantly, that the fence is in the wrong spot and mm. they're actually um, losing the right to use some of their some of their backyard. Yeah, and then I... all of a sudden, the next step is a, is a letter to say, hey, your fence is encroaching on my land yeah. by a certain amount. I want you to move that fence. Yeah, I guess in this um, scenario I've brought up, if the person hadn't have said anything, they may not have even known. They'd be like, oh, yeah, the surveyor did a great job, but... Then oh, absolutely. Later down and the that, line. And that's, yeah, and that's the problem. That's that's the risk that we have, and and we see that with even vacant land properties that are fenced. You know, suburban properties. We've had boundary um, problem issues in more rural parts of Tassie lately. We've seen a lot of properties that are on acreage, mm. and and there's a few claims now where the um, boundaries of the property have always been um, looked at just in terms of you know where the fences are. But then they've now discovered that those fences are, are way into uh, crown land that might be adjoining. Oh, right. And then when and the surveyors have now discovered that, oh, hang on, you know, a good chunk of that sort of paddock that you thought was yours is, is in fact crown land. And we've had situations and claims where, you know, in, in the intervening years, people have put big sheds up. Now all of a sudden they've discovered that half of the shed and we're talking big, you know, sort of you know, industrial type sheds, mm. not not a little thing that just houses the lawnmower. Um, you know, <laughs> half of that's actually located on crown land, you know. Oh, Jesus. Um, and for whatever generous. reason, <laughs> yeah, yeah and, 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 and but surprisingly, you know, they they're not, and so you're kind of like, well, you know, this has to be rectified, and it's like, well, you know, what do you do? And and it, it's a problem because it's a problem that has been inherited by the new owner. Yes. You know, they're not they're not the ones that built the shed 15 years ago. They're just now the ones that have to deal with the problem. And that's really, you know, that that's really the value of the insurance. Yeah, there, there, there's a lot of those sorts of issues um, around in Tassie simply because, you know, as I said earlier, the back in the good old days, um, you know, people bought bought a property and they didn't they, you know, they could pretty much do what they want with it. They can do what they want in it. But those those days are very much over now, um, not just in Tassie, but all over Australia. It's just so highly regulated with planning and zoning and building regulations that, you know, it, it's a fairly um, tight rope that you walk when, when you when you use land these days. So Absolutely. That's, that's really the value of the, uh, of, the, of the title insurance. So, Paul, a lot of these examples that you're providing they sound quite intense to rectify and obviously a fair bit of work goes into fixing them what does that mean from a cost perspective if i want to take out title insurance um yeah i mean you, that's right i mean some of the claims can um can vary from uh, a few thousand dollars to 
you know, tens of thousands of dollars. It sounds like you bleed of money. <laughs> yeah, there can be um, that element. There, there's also a an element of um, of defence. So that so the policy itself, unlike other insurance policies where they're just fixing damage, for example, includes a component where you know the, the insurance company has to defend you legally. So mm-hmm. so you might have a claim, for example, where the neighbour suddenly claims to have a right of way over your property. You buy the property, you move in, yeah, you walk out the backyard and then all these people are, are, are walking through your back fence. And you say to them, hey, what are you doing? Oh, yeah, yeah, I've got this right, you know. Didn't, didn't the previous owner tell you about this? So, you know, we would then um, uh, look at that issue from a legal point of view and we would appoint and have appointed uh, local practitioners in Tassie to, to give advice and then effectively act on behalf of our insured by reviewing you know that right of way issue, forming a view that no, in fact, you know, there's no legal right of way that might benefit these neighbours. These neighbours are in error. And then you know we would write uh, through our lawyers a letter to the neighbour to say, look, um, stop stop accessing um, this property. You, you actually have no <laughs> legal right to do that. Um, and that, and that would be, and that would be <laughs> get off my land. Yeah, I mean, Aaron's got his shotgun. Know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, oh. any 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 repeat offences will be met with a, a double barrel or something like that. So, um, so it's a legal defence cost as well. So. Um, there can be a quite a spectrum of uh, of what it costs. Some, there's often a, a building cost. So, for example, if you've got an illegal extension that um, needs to be rectified to bring it into compliance, then we you know we'd pay the cost of that. Sometimes things can't be kept; uh, they just don't comply. You have to remove them. So, the policy would pay the cost of removing that structure for for the demolition cost. But then the policy would respond by compensating the insured for the loss in value to the property as a result of that structure being removed. So just yeah, so, so you you pull that little bit of um, pull that piece of string and it just compounds. You don't know how far it's going to go, depending upon what you that, need. That's right. I mm. mean, with a legal building work cover, um, our liability is capped at a hundred and sixty thousand dollars. So mm. that that liability has that that cap on it but that's a pretty good cap like yeah. um there's it's very we've never had a claim in tasmania for example where you know that the costs of complying or dealing with an unapproved building work claim would would come anywhere near that but so, for other aspects of the policy uh, basically the policy amount so the maximum amount of cover is is effectively the purchase price of the property. That's that's the policy amount is what you paid for it. Yeah, gotcha. And then so how I mean you don't have to obviously we're not locking into numbers, but I mean on on average, what's a policy going to cost um, uh, someone to purchase? Yeah, so um, so the way title insurance premiums work, it's based on the value of the property. Right. Um, so there's basically a scale. So you know if if your property is under five hundred thousand uh, dollars, five hundred thousand dollars or less. Then your total premium is going to be uh, around about four hundred and forty dollars. Yeah, right. Uh, as a as a as a one off payment, which you don't have to, you know, pay each year. It's just a one off, and you and you're insured forever. And there's no excess payable on any claim. So when you do make a claim, or if you do have to make a claim, it's not like you know you've got to pay the first five thousand dollars or something. There, there's no excess at all. Yeah, it's um, as a percentage, it's almost negligible. Of the value. Well, well, that's right. It, it, exactly. And um, 
and, and, and it's also you know relative to some other costs. So, for example, a lot of conveyances and, and solicitors will advise their clients and people buying property you know, to survey the land. For example, you know, yeah. get a get an identification survey to to you know identify these boundary issues. Um, so, a lot of people don't do that. I know in Tassie, um, it's the same in, in the rest of Australia. It's a cost that most most purchasers don't want to take on, and so. You know, I don't know what, a, what what the average cost of a of a boundary survey might be um, around Hobart, but say in Sydney, you know, it, it's probably between I don't know, say eight hundred to two thousand. Yeah, um, would be a you know twelve hundred dollars, maybe a thousand dollars. So a lot a lot of people are reluctant to spend that kind of money for that for that purpose, mm. but. You know, if they're not getting that survey, or the, the next best thing, at least, is to insure against that risk. And so, the premium is actually compared to the cost of that is, is actually probably half, or sometimes you know, a quarter of the amount. Yeah. Um, oh, so, can you get that as an alternate to getting the survey, for example, and yeah, then you're absolutely. kind of covered across yeah, the life that's of right. it, and more as well. Yep. Yep. And that's how a lot of solicitors and conveyances say, look, you know, in terms of this boundary risk, you know, a couple of options you should, you know. You can survey the property yourself, uh, or if you don't want to do that, you can at least insure against that that risk. I know in in our office we've still got the long tape that you can pretty much wrap around. You know, it's nearly a hundred meters long, and yeah. uh, the, you know, many years ago they'd, they'd be walking walking the line, the fence line with the agent, um, going, "Oh, that's yep. twenty five, and that's twenty seven. It's like, mate, just don't even try. Just <laughs> just take out the insurance. <laughs> yeah, well, throw out the tape, Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I, I guess the difference is. Um, I mean, yeah, we could we could spend hours talking about it, but the yeah. other issue is, in terms of the market, you know, how much time does someone have to do all that? And if a contract has already been signed, well, what's it actually going to do for you anyway? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, once, once you sign a contract, um, you can go off and do these things, and then you get your big tape measure out and say, oh, I don't know, it's not quite, add- it's not quite adding up. And you and you write to the vendor and say, oh, look, we've signed this contract, we're settling in you know fourteen days, and we just can't quite can't quite work out the dimensions of this property. I mean, they're not going to be overly interested. Well, I mean, and, at the end and, of the day, you know, and then you get a, you get an email back. Are you a surveyor? Question mark. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, so, um, yeah, what what can you do about it anyway? In any event, so that that's where insurance is good because insurance is all about a remedy. Yeah. You know, we, we deal with um, we deal with the the consequences, and you know, and what we're seeing too in in Tassie is more kind of main mainlanders moving moving down. And, and bringing their, um, particularly when, when the Sydney siders are moving to Tassie, and they're bringing their kind of pugilistic uh, approach to neighbourly relations with them, you know. So, you know, we see in Sydney in, in particular, people will, you know, fight to the death over, you know, half a square metre of land. Because wow. um, the value of it's so high too. That's right, and so yeah, that's but that's the mindset, and, and and a lot of those people are now are now moving, and you know picking up, uh, you know buying a house and and, uh, and and moving to Tassie for all the you know for all the great reasons that people move to Tassie, and then they suddenly find that um, you know their fence is uh, you know or their neighbour's fence is half a meter into their property. 
and yeah, they go to war over it. Um, so it's uh, we're seeing life. more and more of that. Really, we're conscious of time um, now, mate. Yeah, but, yeah, no worries at look, all, mate. But thanks, thanks so much for for taking the time to explain that. And I think that's sort of one thing that we've been starting to advise our clients that when we were first introduced to this quite a number of years ago, uh, we just took out policies on our properties straight away because, again, like you said, it's that problem that. These issues are lying dormant that no one knows that it's an issue until it becomes one, and that could be yes. six months or six years or 60 years down it's the like track. like a cold case. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We, we just imagine even the case where families have inherited properties over multiple generations and they're you know, large acreages, they get cut off and changed, and then all of a sudden it becomes someone else's problem. And I guess rather than getting out the tape and trying to figure it out yourself, just grab a, a title insurance policy and be done with it. Well, some of the, the rural blocks that I saw, John, we don't even know where the boundaries are. No. We're just like they're over <laughs> no, there somewhere yeah. and people are like, yeah, okay. Yeah, that'll do. That'll do. <laughs> so I can see real advantages in a policy like that for yeah. sure. Yeah, exactly. But Paul, yeah, because some, some of the boundary descriptions can be quite, you know, it's, uh, you know, from the old tree to the hedge and to the corner of the creek, you know, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's the southern boundary. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. That'll do. yeah, see that right. tree? That's it. That's yeah. the corner. That's roughly it. around yeah. there. Yeah, <laughs> roughly around there. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right, Paul. Well, where, where can um, people find you, by the way? Where's yeah, the, so, I mean, our, our website has um, has mountains of information. So it's www.stuart, S-T-E w-a-r-t-a-u.com for some reason we've decided to do the au.com rather than .com au Um, but there's a lot of information there we've got consumer guides there's videos on the site um, that that go into claims examples and uh, there's contact details there if, if, if anyone wants to reach out and contact us directly as well Awesome. All right, Paul, look, thanks again. And uh, yeah, we uh, really appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks, mate. Really no appreciate it. No worries that. at all. No, no, it's great to be here. Thanks very much um, yeah, for the invite. It's been, it's been, uh, it's been great. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks, Paul. As a family-run business, First National Real Estate McGregor understands that the property market can be stressful. However, with a strong team in both sales and rentals, we are here to guide you through the property maze. Find out more today at McGregorFM.com. All right, John. That was uh, that was Paul Watkins from what did you say, Stuart? Stuart Title. Stuart Title. Stuart Title. Yeah. Tell you what, yeah. I'm feeling like, <laughs> like <laughs> half of what he was describing. I had no idea were problems that I should be concerned about. Yeah, that, well, I, I learned a heap in that as well. And we'd we'd had um, you know the the different uh, companies come into our office before and just and but then and they've shown some nightmare scenarios that like Paul said that cover was up to you know up to $160,000 that goes to show the the scale in which this stuff can escalate really quick well the thing that got me was he said the you know could be 800 to 2000 for just the measuring tape or whatever for surveyor surveyor yep or you could just 500 bucks 500 bucks 400 bucks depending on how much the property costs and Mm. and then it's covered yeah exactly If, if anything ever goes wrong doesn't matter yeah yeah that's and that's what it's there for so it looks like you're going to have to throw out that long measuring tape. I still like it. <laughs> Although the handle's broken, so it's a pain in the butt to use. What, <laughs> <laughs> what else have you been measuring, John? <laughs> <laughs> Don't give it away. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's, that's a callback. Yeah, that's a callback. On the side, it's just a big measurement. <laughs> and what a way to finish what this way. week. So, yeah, we can't, can't yeah. top that. <laughs> Well, right, well I guess that's thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks, thanks for listening. Again, but we've I've been listening to lots of podcasts and I forget that at the end you meant to say that stuff 
where you suck up to everyone. Like, like, subscribe, oh, like share, share it with your friends, get it out there. Oh, yep. thanks for all our followers that currently follow. Yep. Yes, and news, boys. Talking to you, Aaron's mum. Mm. Oh, she'll <laughs> like that. News is, I think I've lined up a really good guest. I've actually been describing him as the James Bond of plants to people. The James oh, Bond yeah. of plants. I just said he's like the sharpest looking botanist or landscaper and I, that you And I've been following on yeah. Facebook and Instagram and he's just been travelling around Europe and bloody hell, it's like yes. he is Bond. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh <laughs> maybe he was solving some botany problems over there. Anyway, <laughs> spring is coming around the corner so I have lined up uh, someone that's going to help us throughout spring Yeah, awesome. and he's going to put us all to shame. Like, wear all your fur coats, get your goblets out because even with all that stuff on, we're still going to be the ugliest people in the room. <laughs> <laughs> and he's a long-time listener, so... Yeah. <laughs> He'll know what we're talking about. That's what I'm talking about. All right, guys. Uh, like, subscribe, share, do all that stuff, and look forward to hearing Bond in the upcoming weeks. Cool. Till next time. Boom. Cheers. See you. And now for a legal disclaimer. You have been listening to The Property Pod, produced and edited by 414 Media House in conjunction with 414 Real Estate and McGregor First National Propriety Limited. This podcast is general information only and the thoughts and views expressed is the opinion of our panel and listeners should always seek and use their own investigation into any topic we discuss to ensure they fully understand their own situation. It does not constitute and should not be relied on as purchasing, selling, financial or investment advice or recommendations expressed or implied and it should not be used as an invitation to take up any agent or investment services. No investment decision or activity should be undertaken on the basis